Hello, everyone, and welcome back to 2020 Psych. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Kay, and I'm joined today by my father. I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. Hello, my name is Dr. Hernandez. I'm an American double board certified psychiatrist. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to our last episode all about Hollywood and mental health and the depictions on screen of certain mental illnesses. We hope that you enjoyed that conversation. And today we want to talk about migrant mental health and the barriers that come with coming to a foreign country, needing mental health services and the dangers and maybe anxieties that can come along with that. It's felt that there's three main diagnoses that are associated with uh, people that migrate. their depression, anxiety, and PTSD. And we'll talk a, a bit of, about the risk factors that make someone susceptible to suffer these uh, disorders when they migrate to a different uh, place. Uh, Statistic-wise... I want to know, um, I, I, and I'm not even sure if you would know, just about like from those that migrate here to the U.S. or different countries, out of how many of those people do you think are suffering from a mental illness of some sort? Well, when epidemiologic studies have been done in the United States, it's felt that one out of five people suffer from some form of mental illness. So I'm not so sure if that can be applied to the worldwide population, but I would imagine that it probably has to be close to that figure, one out of five people. Yeah, I think you know. I imagine that migrating from a different con- from a con- from your own country to a different one is probably in itself very mentally taxing on anyone that does that. Um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on the U.S. specifically, the kind of care that's available to migrants and, um, yeah, what you know about those services that are offered. So traditional mental health services are available to everyone in the country. However, access to those services are available are a little more difficult and challenging for those that are undocumented uh, for a couple of reasons. One is that they may not have insurance. Two, they may not know that there are services even available. And there other factors may include transportation, fear of um, being found and uh, deported, fear of being stigmatized. So, those are a di- the language can also be a a barrier. So there's there are various um, impediments for those that are seeking mental health services and able to and being able to find those resources. Uh, you mentioned that some of the risk is that people may see is like if they go and they can potentially get arrested or deported. What do you think? Um, I, I I guess I'm curious, like, in other countries, because I know the U.S. isn't the only country that 
has an immigration problem. Um, do you think like in other places like in Europe, for example, do you know anything about their systems in regards to immigration? Well, migration is a global phenomenon. It's a, there's some statistics that show that one out of seven people migrate at some point. So that adds up to close to a billion people. Um, in Europe, they take in uh, refugees and others from different parts of, of the world, especially right now from the Ukraine, uh, but of course, other parts of uh, uh, Europe, including Africa. Uh, in the United States, there's an influx of people from Mexico, South America, and also from Asia. So uh, migration is a worldwide phenomenon. Can you expand on the type of emotional problems that migrants have when they're transitioning over to a new country? A lot depends on their pre-existing um, condition, psychological condition prior to traveling. We have to realize that when people leave an environment in which they were maybe born and raised and they have a, a social support system, network, friends, um, they have uh, everything uh, that they've bought up with is something that they feel comfortable with. And when you uproot somebody from their home and they have to move for whatever reason, and you know that people migrate for a variety of reasons, including um, political persecution, uh, gender gender issues, financial issues, military issues. Um, so there's a number of reasons why people have to get up and move. When they arrive to their host country, depending on how welcome they feel, they will either acculturate and ad adopt to the new environment or they will struggle. Uh, you know, first of all, there's, as I mentioned earlier, there's a great deal of anxiety, depression, PTSD. Uh, children are that move to a different uh, country are known to have and to develop uh, higher rates of substance abuse. So it takes a, a toll on, on the young. And, of course, the adults are now forced to try to find jobs, try to make enough money to support themselves and or their families. So if, if the host country is not the most hospitable uh, some immigrants are welcome in some parts of the world. Others are not so welcomed. And um, I would even go as far as to say that they're unwelcomed. So depending on various factors, uh, people will um, manifest and develop uh, disorders that will um, impair their ability to function. Yeah, I would love to expand more on the child side of it i guess just minors in general like if there's anything you i know you mentioned that they're more likely to develop substance abuse um but i i'd be curious to just know more because i think you mentioned earlier about how 
and you can repeat it because I don't think I'm going to remember it correctly, but that it was like 700 families that got um, separated when they migrated over to the U.S. I'm not sure if that when that was, but I can imagine, and we spoke about this, just how confusing and scary that must be if you're a child, two or three years old, you're being separated from your parents and you're in a new country. I know that the Trump administration was famous for that. The Biden administration has continued to do that. So I'm I'm just curious to know how these kids are doing and where they are. Well, it would it doesn't take a lot to realize that these kids were severely traumatized, separated from their uh, from their parents and their siblings, and um, so. I'm not aware of any studies that have come out in regards to these 700 families that were separated. Uh, however, uh, where there's there's going to be repercussions down the line for these kids, and that that's uh, that's to be expected. So, depending on the the type of care that they receive, uh, the mental health care that they receive, they will hopefully uh, get over this somehow. But it just has to be so difficult, not just for the, the kids, but the parents too, that you know, they must have been going through a lot of agony, anguish, and not knowing uh, how their children were doing. And as a parent, one can realize how, uh, how anxiety-provoking that situation must have been. So it, it was clearly wrong on many levels. And, but this is sort of like what goes on in many other areas of the world when people are separated for so many reasons. And it's just a, an issue that needs to be addressed, um, and aid needs to be offered to uh, migrants that are suffering uh, from uh, mental illness. Uh, again, it's just it's more of a public health issue than anything else, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't think you, this issue is specific to the U.S. by any means. But since this is, you know, where we live, it's what what we're made aware of for the most part. I'm wondering, like in these facilities, do you think they have social workers or anything like that? I know that there is some, there's services that are provided in the detention centers. Uh, so at least there's some help that's available. But there's other situations that will arise when you have someone who's um, unable to move freely across borders, and if they lose a loved one in the country that they're from originally, they can't attend services, obviously, because if they leave, they may not be able to come back. So those are certain situations where someone who is unable to freely travel will suffer because they won't be able to bring closure or to pay their respects. So sometimes uh, family members in their country of origin will fall sick and they they can't travel to go visit. So it, there's just a lot of difficulties, a lot of anguish and anxiety that um, migrants can experience. And again, if you have, you're afraid to go out because of being uh, arrested and deported, that of course, will limit your ability to seek help, uh, even if there is help available for you. 
Well, I think we can take away from this conversation that there's obviously a lot of work that needs to be done. It's a huge problem. More resources need to be allocated. It's not a U.S.-specific problem either. This is worldwide. And hopefully more money and more resources can be allocated, like we said, for conditions to improve because no one should have to live with those type of anxieties or pressures, especially when they're already experiencing something traumatic as moving away from their home country. But with that, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope that you enjoyed and took away something. If there's anything you guys want us to cover, please let us know. And with that, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great day wherever you are.